So happy to see you today here at PCC. My name's Pastor JF. Just an honor. It's an honor. Today, we're wrapping up our series that we've been in on the subject of community. Community. We believe in it here. We're all about it. Even though we're messy, even though we make mistakes sometimes, and at the end of the day, we are all about intentional community, building community here. And Mainly the main reason is because Christ not only taught us how to do it, but he, he modeled it for us. And so we're going to wrap it up. Today. I what I want to talk about specifically today um, is what does it mean to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ in the context of Christian community? I want to look at what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And I want to give another definition of community this past week. I was reading some different articles, and I came across an article that was produced by Campus Crusade. Have you heard of this ministry? Campus Crusade started in the 1950s on the campus of UCLA, and all these years later, in hundreds and hundreds of universities, Christian community is taking place through this specific ministry. And so they kind of know what they're talking about, because <laughs> it's been very successful. And I love, this, I love this definition that they give. You'll see it on the screen here. A community is a place where believers connect with each other on a soul level and in doing so, spur each other on to a deeper relationship with God. A community is more than just individual friendships. It's an atmosphere of deep relationships, a synergistic place where friends connect in grace and truth. I like this end part here. It says... In such a community, believers can authentically, I like this, challenge each other through words and deeds, and I underline this last part, toward being more like Christ. That's what it's all about. It's about you and I coming together and holding each other accountable, uh, 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 um, you know, uh, pursuing this type of relationship with each other, so that we look more and more like Jesus Christ. And what I love about Jesus is he calls us to participate with him. Not just read about him, not just listen to a guy up on a stage talk about him, right? But he, he invites us to participate with him in relationship. And so in doing that, we begin to look more like him. That's what it's all about. I remember when I was in high school, our, our basketball coach, man, he was a uh, he went, he played for the the Cougars WSU, and like he was one of those guys who like just never aged. Have you seen these people? Like 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 he was like in his late forties, and he was he was playing basketball like like he was nineteen years old, dunking the whole thing. And us high school kids, we were always like, man, if we could be like Coach Mark, you know what I mean? Like, wow, wouldn't that be awesome? And I can remember the very first day of practice. You know, my experiences with coaches growing up was the coach was always on the sidelines, right? And he was always like, all right, buddy, pass it around or whatever, you know, coaching from the sidelines. And I'll never forget the first day that I was on Coach Mark's team. I remember it was very specific. He wasn't on a sideline. He was standing at center court. And he said, all right, fellas, bring it in. <laughs> let's do this. And I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean let's do this? We're doing this. You tell us what to do. And what Coach, Coach Mark was doing, he said, come on, I'm going to be a part of this with you. 
And so, man, he got us on the sideline to do sprints. He did sprints with us, right? Layup drills, he did layup drills with us. When, he, when, when, when we were learning how to take a charge, you know what I'm talking about? We, he was the first one. He's like, run through me, right? And I love that because he was all about, I want to participate with you. If you want to be like me, right? If, if, if you want to be able to play like me someday, right? I'm going to let you learn through actually participating with me. Jesus is calling. He's calling his disciples. And that's what I want to talk about for a couple of minutes here. I want to cover the call of being a true disciple of Jesus Christ, all right? And there's three important areas that I want to, there's many important areas. I want to just give you three important areas this morning of, of what it means to be a true, uh, true disciple of Jesus. The first is the surrendering the surrendering. You see, as a disciple of Jesus, one of the goals is to get better and better every day in the area of surrendering everything that we are to him. Not holding back, not just giving him part of our lives, but all the other parts too that you don't want anyone else to know about. You know what I'm talking about? He, he's saying, I want you to surrender it all to me. For Jesus' disciples, the surrender started the second he called out to them. Matthew chapter 4 is where I want to look today. It's Matthew's account of the first disciple being called. All right, You'll see the text on the screen. It says, starting in verse 18, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Look what he says here. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called to them, and watch what happened. Immediately. It wasn't like, oh, let me think about it. Let's just, we got one more on the line here. No. It says, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. First, I want you to notice how Jesus begins to build his circle, his community, his small group, if you will. He doesn't do it individually. Isn't that interesting? He calls out to them and he does it in pairs. You see, there's something more powerful when we respond to what Jesus is asking of us together. When Jesus says, let's go, there, there, there's more power in it when we agree together to do what he's calling us to do. That's why in Matthew 18, Jesus is talking about when you pray, right? And specifically, he talks about how there's, there's power in agreement here on earth when one person is praying with another person. There's more power in that than you being alone, right? So he calls out to them in pairs. Secondly, the question is, how and why were they immediately so willing to drop everything and follow this guy they'd probably never had any personal contact with? Like, how are they able to do that so instantaneously? The answer lies in how they understood what Jesus was, off was offering them. That, that's, where, that's where the answer will, will, will come about. You see, in the ancient Hebrew world, from childhood on, the entire goal of that culture was to have a rabbi be willing to disciple you. Like as a little kid in that, in that context, like that was the deal, to be chosen by 
a rabbi. And even if you progressed through all the rigorous study, even if you, you aced all the, 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 the tests and the exams and made it to the final stages of schooling, most, still, most students still didn't have a rabbi choose them. Most of the time, they weren't chosen. And so consequently, you know what they would have to do? They'd have to go back and work for dad, right? They'd have to go put their apps out there and get a job. And it was kind of like, man, I didn't get chosen, right? That's what these guys were doing here. They hadn't been chosen. They hadn't been brought in to a rabbi's inner circle. They were, in essence, rejected, and so they had to go, they had to go work for the family business. So the second Jesus calls out to them, they realize that they just struck gold. <laughs> they were like, keep it. <laughs> I'm out. I've been chosen. It's go time, right? I'm joining his team, right? They surrendered it all, right? Remember, uh, I mean, it's not po as popular anymore, but man, when I was like in high school, American Idol, remember this? I mean, it was just like the biggest deal ever. I mean, it was such a, I mean, we would tune in like whenever it would come on and and the whole idea was that was like these, these celebrity judges would like, they would choose who the best singer was. And, and it was just fascinating. Like sometimes they were, uh, they were like school teachers. Sometimes they were like construction people. Sometimes, sometimes they, were, they were like living, you know, day to day, like out of their car, right? And, and you know, we were like always rooting for the underdog. You know, like the person whose who's setup was like, really, really hard, and it's like, come on, right? And like, I, I just remember, like, but the whole idea was when they were chosen, right, they literally just surrendered all that stuff to do what? What? To step into their dreams, to step into stardom, the whole thing. Surrendering it all. Why were these men that Jesus called out so willing to surrender? Why? Because they had been chosen. They hit the jackpot. Jesus looked at them and said, said, now you can be like me if you're just willing to surrender and follow me. He says it like this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. It says, then he, being Jesus, Jesus said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple, what do they got to do? They got to deny themselves, meaning they got to surrender themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. It's that process of Choosing God's will over ours. And how many of you know it's kind of hard sometimes, right? It's like in the moment, it's like, that, you know, but it's surrendering whatever that thing is and accepting what he has for us, his priorities over our selfish desires. It's building his kingdom and not our own. It's surrendering ourselves to the idea of not just pursuing Jesus and his, and his ways for our lives alone, but actually through authentic Christian community as well. There's something to that. There's something, there's something valuable and important to humbling yourself and saying, man, I'm going to put myself out there again. I'm going to join that woman's group or the man, whatever the group is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to accept the invitation. They've, they've asked me 19 times, right? I think it's time. I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to, I'm going to say yes this time, okay? Join, you know what I'm saying? And you come together in authentic community, man, surrendering that. It's a huge, it's a huge component to what it means to be a true disciple, all right? Here's the second area that we need to focus on as a disciple, as, as we pursue what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, and that is the source. The question is, who, who did Jesus say that we were to follow? He said, follow me. Follow him. 
Not follow a pastor, right? Not follow some other person. Not follow some, you know, Christian, you know, Instagram influencer with three million things that you like and click on all. What are they talking about today? I mean, like, none of that's bad. I mean, fine, that's all good. But Jesus said, no, truly follow me, right? Allow me to be your source. I am your source. I've heard a lot of uh, scripture used a lot of different ways, and one that always confused me when was written by John in the book of Revelation. Let's be honest, Revela- the whole thing's kind of confusing, isn't it? But, but there's, there's one passage in there that I heard uh, taught before. Revelation 3, verse 14 through 16. This is interesting. Look what it says. It says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the rulers of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth, right? Why would God ever want us to be either hot or cold in our relationship with him, right? Now, I've heard sermons where the idea here was like a, like a warning to lukewarm Christians, Okay? But like this idea that God would rather you make a decision whether or not to follow him altogether, uh, to, to make a decision to not follow him at all, or be totally on fire for him, right? And not somewhere in between. Like I, I've heard that passage kind of taught like that. And I, and I think there's a sermon in there somewhere, okay? But specifically, this, this passage isn't talking about that type of an idea. Um, some context needs to be applied to what we just read. Here's what you need to know. There was no natural sources of water in Laodicea, right? So because of that reality, the water was imported into that city from two other cities that were on either side of Laodicea. One was Heropolis, and the other one was Colossae. One had a natural hot spring, and the other city had a natural cold spring. And so it had to be imported into Laodicea. The problem with that, though, when the water would arrive in this city, it was what? It was lukewarm. It was neither hot. It was neither cold. Through the traveling process, it just kind of got room temperature. You know what I'm saying? They got the water, but they never got to experience the water the way it was supposed to be from the original source. All they got was this lukewarm experience. And so many times, if we're not careful, we can have, a, have a, an experience, a watered-down version of Jesus because we don't go directly to him. We don't go directly to the source that he is. We get this lukewarm experience because it's been watered down, right? And there's been times, i got to confess right now, there's been times where instead of me personally, instead of me meditating and spending time directly with him, I've gone to other people or mentors or books or YouTube or Bishop Jakes, who I love, right? Or, I mean, whoever your favorite teacher is, man. And I want you to say, I want to say, keep doing all of that. That, you, you need to be doing that. But I'm telling you, friend, it has to be coupled with you spending time directly with the source who is Jesus Christ. you got to spend time with him, right? 
you got to go directly to the source, right? And if we're not careful, we can just be on YouTube or we can just come listen to JF once a week and you just get this watered-down Jesus experience. But when you go to the source, man, I'm telling you, you get the real deal holy feel. <laughs> There's this Jewish phrase that uh, is often used in place of this term disciple. And it's this phrase, and the phrase is, in fact, there's, there's a book written about it. You should check it out. The phrase is, covered in the dust of the rabbi. Covered in the dust of the rabbi. It's this, this idea of following him, following Jesus so closely that you literally have the dust from his shoes you know, in that Middle Eastern de desert, the dust kicking back on his shoes, just spraying you, man. Like, you talk about just being that close to Jesus, the rabbi. For us today, that has everything to do with spending time and reflecting on who he is in scripture, in worship, in prayer, in closeness. Jesus and his word are the same. His word and who he is the written word, John 1.14, what happened here? The word did what? It became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Jesus lived out all of the scripture with total perfection. So when we study the word, we're actually studying, spending time with him as well. We have to make that a priority in our lives. Is he your source? Have you surrendered it all to him and made him your direct source? The gospel of John, right before Jesus is arrested, he prays for his disciples. And I just, I mean, I could riff on that for a long time. Here he is. He's about to be brutally tortured to death. And he carves out space in time to pray for his disciples, right? In fact, in this prayer, he actually prays for you too. He, he prays for those who will become his. That's how, much, that's how much he loves you today, my friend. Verse 15, Jesus is praying here. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, meaning his disciples. My, my prayer is not that you would take my disciples out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. Amen. They're not of the world, even as I am not of it. Here's what I want you to see. Verse 17. Sanctify them. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. All right. Sanctified. That's an old school word. <laughs> that's, that's a churchy word that I promise you don't use ever, right? But Jesus uses this word, and, and that's the final area of focus. The surrendering, the source, and this last thought, and that is the sanctification. That's an even, that's an even wilder one, right? And it's kind of fun to say Try it. Sanctification. Sanctification. I just love that. You're going to need this, though, if you're going to be a true disciple. This word literally means to be set 
apart. Set apart. It's the process of what? Becoming more like your source. It's, it's this transformation. It's this, it's this intentional pursuit of looking more like Jesus. It's the act of living out holiness. And you can, I mean, just, oh, I mean, every one of Paul's letters to the, to the church, it, he, he, is, he is imploring, he's encouraging us to take on, take on holiness, sanctification, pursue. And I, let me just clear something up. This isn't you earning God's love or salvation or any of that stuff. No, that's a free gift. This is us making an intentional effort, right, to do our part, to look more like him and to reflect him in, in this broken world that we live in. Let's pick up where Jesus was praying for the sanctification of the disciples, this process of being set apart. Jesus says, I'm praying that they would be set apart. Verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone, meaning his 12, it's not just for them. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. I pray also for those who, who will believe in me. That's you. That's me, right? Wow. And the question is, what message? The message of their lives, right? So let's just, let's just let's, let's kind of turn the word, move the words around. Say, I pray also for those who will believe in me through the message of their lives. The fact that they are beginning to look more like Jesus. Verse 21, that all of them, back to this word that never goes away, unity, right? Humility and, and, and unity, it's just, it's all throughout the Holy Scriptures. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. You see, sanctification is this process of slowly looking more like Jesus. It's, it's simply that. It's a process. It's a journey. And we are all on a different one. And this, and this idea that, like, this idea that when you start out on this journey of pursuing to look more like Jesus, that you're going to just arrive overnight is just simply false. Okay? It's a process. It's a journey. It's a growth thing. I, I love living. I've got, had the opportunity to live in a few different places in, the, in, in this country. But I particularly love this area for so many reasons. And one of them, I just love the nature here. Don't you love where we live? With the, I mean, you got coastline. You got mountaintops and everything in between. You, you, can, be, you can be like on South Tacoma Way, just in the grid of Tacoma. You know what I'm talking about? And in like 45 minutes, you could be at, you know, at paradise on Mount Rainier. You know what I mean? An hour, whatever, however long it takes. Something for everybody. Well, I remember the first time um, I went to, I climbed up to Camp Muir. It's base camp for Mount Rainier. And I didn't really know what I, know what I had signed up for. Because if you've done that before, man, it's... It's brutal. I mean, I don't mean to, mean to talk. I just mean like base camp. And, uh, and the reason why, it's, it obviously, I mean, it's just like physically taxing. But it's weird because you're on this like snow field for like 19 days, it feels like. You know what I mean? And it's just a trudge. It's just like, 
You know what I mean? You're just, and it's just on an incline. And it, the, the weird part about it is, yes, it's physically taxing. But man, your mind starts playing tricks on you. Because you start out and like you can see camp, you can see it. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's a little, couple of structures up there. And you're like, oh man, <laughs> I'll be there by lunch. You know what I mean? And so it's just like, you kind of you are kind of going faster too. You're just like, and you kind of keep your eyes on it the whole time. You're just like, and it's like, man, I, I feel like I've been, you look at your, you know, I've been doing this for three hours and that, that thing's the same size. <laughs> and you're like, what is going on? Like you'll, you'll see like uh, rock formations and stuff. And you're like, oh, I'll be at that rock formation in about 10 minutes. No, you won't. <laughs> I'm just like, so about three hours into this thing, I was starting to get discouraged because I was like, I'm not making any progress, right? I'm just like, this is, bru- this is brutal. And so I decided to make up this little game that I call 100 Steps. A little game called 100 Steps. And the game went like this. I literally would see like a rock far- formation. I would see it, and then I'd put my head down, and I'd take the first step. And I'd keep my head down, and I'd take the next step. And I keep my head down, and I'll take the next. And I would do this hundred steps at a time. And when I got to 100, 95, 90, I was start, every time I just get really excited. 97, 98, 99, 100. And the reward was I got to lift my head up and see how much progress I had made. Now it sounds that sounds ridiculous, but can I tell you, I did that little game probably 500 times that day <laughs> and I finally got there right and I, I'm telling you I don't know I, I don't know where I'd be today without that game 100 steps I can guarantee you if I wouldn't have had that game on that Saturday afternoon probably would have turned back but what's beautiful what's beautiful about that little discipline is I would land at 100, and I would notice that, indeed, I was a little bit closer to that rock formation. And you know what was really awesome? Is that I could stop, turn around, and see how far I'd come. And then I'd do a little happy dance in my head. You know what I mean? All right, head down, do it again, right? One, two, three. I want to leave you with that because that's really, in a spiritual sense, the process of sanctification in your life. It's not a at an altar, I received Jesus. And now you're just like, everything's perfect and people are like, man, he came out of the back door. I thought it was Jesus Christ himself. It's It's not that, right? No, no, no. It's turning... It's, it's at that Starbucks where you're with your, your friend, and in that, that moment, you look at her and say, today, I'm going to accept Christ in my life. And then it's you, what? Putting your head down. Taking that step, right? One, two, every hundred steps, you stop, and you reflect. <laughs> you meditate on what you looked like a hundred steps ago, a thousand steps ago. 10,000 steps to go. There's some saints in this room today. You've got like 2 million steps behind you. 5 billion, you know what I mean? And every once in a while you just stop and you just, oh, yeah. 
yeah, right? Man, look how far I've come, right? Look what the Lord's done in my life, right? Sanctification, being set apart. It's a journey. So as we pray today, question is, as we close this series of teachings on community, have you surrendered at all? As, as you pursue this life of looking more like your source, your rabbi, your teacher, the one who changed everything for you, are there areas of your life, I gotta, this is kind of like a, you can do this time to time. Lord, am I holding something back from you? Is there an area of my life that I'm like, or, or maybe it's, maybe it's like a sin issue too. I don't know. Maybe it's like a man, I, I'm, that's my, that, that, that's like my thing. And it's kind of keeping you from, you're kind of like 95 and a half, right? And it's like, man, you got it. Boom. Maybe today we're going to pray. And very privately, maybe it's like, Lord, you know, that thing in my life that I, I need to fully surrender to you. Maybe, maybe here's one. Maybe you're so hung up on your finances that it's become your God. And I don't, I don't even mean like you got to get rich. No, no, no. Like you're so like, how am I just even going to get by? And you've never even really considered praying about that or giving that area provision over to him. So maybe today you walked in here all, I got to pay that bill on Thursday. I don't know how I'm going to do if that's you today, maybe today it's like, you know what, Lord? You're my source. You're my provider. I'm grateful for, for my employment. I'm grateful for a, a, a company or, or, or maybe, maybe you own your, whatever it is. But I know that it all comes from you. It maybe gets funneled through that, but it comes from you. And if that goes away, you'll provide in another area, right? Maybe it's not finances. Maybe you're like, man, I want to get married, but I don't even, I, there's, there's no, I don't even have a date. <laughs> You're like, man, clock's ticking here. You know, like, it, Lord, I'm going to surrender that desire to you. You know that that's the desire of my heart, to have a spouse or to, or to have a baby or whatever, whatever that is, a, a, a new home to move into. Maybe today you're just like, Lord, I have been, that, that has consumed my every thought, I'm going to surrender that and this and that. I'm just going to give it all to you on this Sunday, right? I'm going to focus on that you're the source and I'm going to pursue a life of being set apart, of taking that 17, 18, 19 step, right? That's what it's all about. You know, the month of November, Culturally, is our minds are kind of on Thanksgiving, that big meal, and the Dallas Cowboys and the Packer game, and the Lions game, kind of passing out on the couch. Let, let's be honest, I am too. That's a fun day, isn't it? But culturally, gratitude. And so, in the month of November, we're, we're going to be we're going to be talking about those subjects, and, and we're going to we're going to do do things to to really show gratitude serve and all of the be, be through generosity the whole thing and we're going to be talking about that I wonder today as we 
are going to be moving into that time together, that season. Today as we pray, you just say, Lord, I give it all to you right now. Come on, let's just bow our heads. As we close this moment, time having an acoustic setting like this. It's just, a, it's a different experience. So we try to kind of couple the, the, the music with moments of just meditation and quietness. So let's just, let, let's take like 30 seconds. No, let's do a whole minute. I'll even watch it on my watch. Just take a moment and just reflect on the word today. Examine your own heart. Breathe in, breathe out. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak, and then we're going to pray. All right? God, we want to do it this way, in community. So God, we, we just, we surrender our pride. God, we surrender our ideas to you. God, we surrender the way we think it should be done thing. We, we surrender that to you. We lay it down. So God, give us a, just for some of us, we just need a new perspective on how you are our source, that it all comes from you, that you never let us down. You've, we were just singing about it a few minutes ago, your faithfulness, your faith. I think about the people throughout my life that I let down. You've never let me down. I think about the people who have let me down. 
we've never done that. So Lord, we just, we, sur- we just surrender all of that stuff that keeps us up at night, lots of it that we have no control over. We surrender it to you, Lord God. We focus on you. We go directly to our source, who is you, the God of the universe, who loves us so much, who sent his son to us, for us. God, we thank you that you're not going to let us down, that you still hold us. Some of us have walked into this room today carrying the whole weight of the world, it seems like, on their shoulders. Holy Spirit, do something right now. May they sense that, 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 that lifting, that burden lifting off of their shoulders right now. God, you've given someone a word right now. God, you've given somebody the answer that they came here find, looking for. They found it because of this moment right now, Lord Jesus. So God, I speak blessing and encourage, God, encouragement. God, we pursue a life of sanctification, being set apart, right? Why? Ultimately, to look more like you. Why? So that we can point, point other people to you. That's what you've called us to do. And that manifests in all different areas of our lives, through our work, through our families, through, in our communities, Lord God. So today, on this Sunday, God, I bless my friends in this room who, who got up, got ready, came to this place. So God, I bless, you, bless them as we leave here today. Keep them safe. May we take our, put our head down and take our steps forward. In Jesus' name. Awesome. Well, once again, thanks so much for being here today. Come on, let's stand to our feet. I want to invite those from our prayer team to come forward here. If you'd like to pray with somebody, we're going to be here hanging out. We're going to worship a little bit more too. But I'm going to go ahead and officially dismiss. But come up, come forward. Have, have, get, get some prayer with somebody. Have some time together in the lobby, all right? Make it a wonderful day. We'll see you right back here next week, 10 a.m. God bless you.